These words were written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Okay, we're going to have uh, a, a little bit of crowd participation, much to uh, your joy, I'm, I'm sure. But I want you to, to answer this for me and to follow on from this. Um, okay, are you ready? Are you sharp? Are you ready this morning? Okay, two times two is? Wow, straight in there, Helen. Was that you? We could hear the teacher in you. Four. Uh, six times six is? Well done. Doing really well today. Eight times eight is? It got less confident as we went on, I noticed. <laughs> um, and if you're thinking, what the heck have I walked into a maths lesson this morning? This doesn't feel like church or joy to me. This feels hellish. What's going on? Well, you'll find out why in a minute. So tomorrow is? Monday. Monday. There was a pause there. People were a bit unsure. What day of the week is it? The wheels on the bus go? Well done, people. Our Father who art in heaven? There's more to it than that. Come on, guys. No. Um, and I just want to see if anyone feels brave enough, and I can come to your seat. You don't have to come to the front, but can anyone, as we have over the last seven weeks or so, been going through Exodus 34, that small passage in Exodus 34, can anyone recite the majority of that passage? You've had it every week. Anyone want to give it a go? Anyone feeling brave enough to give it a go? There's no judgment if you can't get it all. And I'll actually give you a little sweetie if you have a go, regardless of the outcome. Anyone want to have a go? No, no one wants to have a go. That's a shame. That's a shame. Okay, I'll tell you what then. Anyone want to have a go at reciting John 3.16? Anyone know that one? Yeah? Maybe, okay, I'm going to come over and give you the microphone. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever should believe in him will not die but have eternal life. Amen. Thank you very much. Round of applause. See, the Exodus 34 one for the Jews was like John 3.16. They just 
knew it, okay? And I know that a number of you know it. You're just feeling a bit embarrassed to say it out loud. That's fine. Well, remembrance is key to everyday life. I remember to set my alarm in order to wake up in the morning. I remember to take my medication at night and in the morning. I remember to take a shower for the benefit of others. I remember to put on my clothes even more for the benefit of others. I remember where to find the cereal and milk and how to make a cup of tea and order to have breakfast. I remember to clean my teeth. And if you have children like us, there's a whole heap of stuff to remember for what they need before they get ready for school in the morning. So often we do these things on autopilot. We do them without thinking. But remembering is essential to everyday life in order to function. Which is why, for those of us who begin to lose our memories, it can be so disorienting and discouraging. Being remembered or not remembered is also hugely significant. How significant is it when someone remembers your name, your birthday, or something you've shared, like a hospital appointment that you're nervous about, and then inquires about it? Or conversely, how painful is it when someone forgets your name, or your birthday, or that significant event in the diary that you were anxious about? Alongside these everyday acts of remembrance, we also have special days we remember throughout the calendar year together. Birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, national occasions of remembrance like today. These special days can be filled with happy memories or painful ones or a mixture of the two. Certain images, smells, tastes, songs can remind us of certain people, places, feelings, and experiences. And these can sometimes be quite emotive and powerful and evoke painful or pleasant memories. For example, the smell of baking bread in the oven might remind you of a warm childhood memory of a parent baking in the kitchen. Yet a certain song might remind you of a nasty breakup you had with an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend. Without realizing it, these images, these sounds, these smells, these tastes can transport us back to a moment. They can be powerful tools for recalling the past. If we can have our first slide, that would be wonderful. Now take the simple red poppy, for instance, which we thought about earlier. During World War I, the countryside was blasted, bombed, and fought over repeatedly. Beautiful landscapes that were once so beautiful were turned to mud, becoming bleak and barren scenes where little or nothing could grow. Yet there was a notable and striking exception to the bleakness the bright red Flanders poppies. These resilient flowers flourished in the middle of so much chaos and destruction. 
and they caught the eye of the Canadian doctor, Lieutenant Colonel John McRae, who penned the poem in Flanders Field, and the rest has become history. Because of this, this little red poppy, so easily ignored and trodden down on, has become an iconic symbol worldwide for remembrance and hope. You see, to remember is to give significance to something or to someone. And this morning at the War Memorial, the Peace Memorial service, we saw so many people turn out from the village. Not just uniform groups, but other members of the public. And it was a wonderful sight to behold. And James, the vicar of St Andrews, who was leading the service, spoke about the fact that we are a people that are called to remember, not to forget. In the scriptures, we see the importance of remembering. The Bible itself is a book of remembrance, recording the story of God's people and their relationship with him. And throughout the story of the Jewish people, we see significant moments where God showed up and spoke to his people or provided for them or delivered them and their usual response was to mark it in some way. They knew the power of using ordinary objects and the senses of touch, sight, sounds, taste and smell to provoke remembrance amongst themselves of who their God was, what he had done in their lives and who they were because of him. And some of these events became national festivals. If we can have the next slide, please. In fact, it was during one of these big festivals, Passover, as the Jewish people remembered how the Lord had rescued them from the oppression they faced in Egypt, that Jesus, during the Passover meal with his disciples, took the bread on the table and broke it, saying, this is my body broken for you. And when he poured out the wine saying, this is my blood poured out for you. He then went on to say to his disciples, from now on, whenever you eat this bread and drink this wine, do it in remembrance of me. Jesus was continuing an age-old tradition of taking simple, common, tangible things to help people remember the bigger, more significant things in life. Now, the disciples didn't really get it at the time. They didn't understand what Jesus was doing. They were thinking of Passover and their forefathers' deliverance from Egypt. But Jesus was talking about an even greater deliverance, a deliverance for all people through his death on the cross. In time, the disciples began to understand this and then they continued to break bread and drink wine in remembrance of their Lord and Saviour. An act that has remained central to the Christian faith ever since. Jesus took these common commodities of bread and wine and transformed them into something sacramental, a thing of mysterious and sacred significance, a religious 
symbol. If we could have the next slide, please. Like the simplicity and beauty of a poppy, this meal before us today signifies both death and life, despair and hope. We remember the pain and torture Jesus endured, the sacrifice he made, his body broken for us, his blood spilt for us. But we are also reminded that death was not the end. It didn't have the last word. We remember that something good came out of something so evil. We remember that out of death came resurrection life and hope. We remember that we do not follow a God who is distant and remote to the pain and suffering we endure, but we follow a God who entered fully and willingly into our vulnerability and suffering. Jesus knew what it meant to be human. He experienced and embraced both the simple pleasures and joys of life, but also the hardships and abuse life can also bring. We remember that in love, he chose to lay down his life for our sake so that we could be free from death. For by his stripes, we are healed. And the promise given to us from God through his word is that whoever puts their trust in Jesus, as we heard earlier, will not perish, but have eternal life with him. There's hope in the midst of our struggles and strife. There's hope for today and tomorrow and even beyond death because of the sacrifice that Jesus made out of his deep love for each and every one of us. Like the poppy, the cross represents both death and life, despair and hope. A sacrifice made in love so that we might have freedom and fullness of life. Now and forevermore.